This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childish films. This month, we are taking a look back at Kid in, or excuse me, A Kid in King Arthur's Court to determine if our nostalgia is warranted. So, Mark, this is your pick. Do you have a 60-second synopsis ready? I do. It was 60 seconds when I tested it. We'll see if it still is now. <laughs> All right. Let me... I don't have my phone. Sarah, do you have a timer? Carl stuck in the dark ages, just like this movie. Ha 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 ha. Mark, I can give you a 30 second countdown if you'd like. Or 30 seconds. 60 seconds. On the clock. Oh, you like an actual clock? I got my timer! Okay, you didn't say anything! <laughs> I was trying to pull it up! Alright. Well, then you can just. It just took me a minute. It took you longer than Mark's gonna have to tell us. <laughs> what the movie is about. It's not on my front page. I had to go to my apps. All right, Sarah, <laughs> count Mark down and then start the timer. Three, two, one, go. An earthquake sends Calvin to the Middle Ages where he lands on the Black Knight, foiling the Knight's robbery. Calvin is taken to the King to be rewarded where Lord Belasco accuses Calvin of being in league with the Black Knight and challenges him to a duel. Calvin finds his Walkman and chooses rock music as his weapon, somehow winning the battle? Having won the king's favor, he is invited to stay, and while sneaking through the castle, he finds Merlin's well, where Merlin relays his plan to have Calvin save the kingdom. Over the course of several days, Calvin is trained to be a better fighter, and in his free time, he courts the princess Katie. During one of their excursions, Calvin and Katie discover the Black Knight is helping the poor citizens throughout the kingdom, but when they return, Katie is kidnapped by Belasco. After rescuing Katie, they continue with the tournament to decide the king's successor. As expected, the final battle is between Belasco and medieval James Bond, and it appears Belasco wins, but Calvin takes the place of his former trainer, wins the battle, and is rescued by the Black Knight when Belasco tries to kill him. Calvin gives the victory to the Black Knight, who is revealed to be the Princess Sarah. Calvin is sent back through time to uh, back home through Merlin's Well, where he finds there was no earthquake and ends up winning the baseball game, then discovers Arthur and Katie have come to the future with him. <laughs> even, even with flubbing it up, I still got it. You were so close, is the thing. Because I saw the one go away for the timers, like, well, he's not going to finish. But you got it within the second remaining, Yay. just before the timer went off. So that means it was perfect 60 seconds. Yeah, and <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get into log four, where we tell uh, uh, things we have <laughs> seen. We saw as adults that we may have missed as children. All right, so Mark, there was a lot in that 60-second se synopsis. Uh, and we took about a five-minute break to sort out a technical issue. Where do you want to start and all that? I mean, you mentioned the medieval James Bond. Yep, I sure uh, did. <laughs> you got the um, Lord Belasco, and I, I entertained myself watching this by just... He had such a weird name, and I didn't get it the first time, yeah. so in my notes I just kept making up names for At him. At one point, uh, Calvin called him Lord Elastic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, correct. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised, well... 
uh, James Bond was the first one that I actually, well, no, he was not the first person I recognized, but he was one of the bigger actors that I recognized. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, when I picked this that he was in it, because I would have had no idea who he was when I was saw this when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, Kate, one Kate of... Winslet is in it, which Correct. I didn't even realize when I was watching it. I only saw it when I looked it up in the IMDb later. Really? Um, so I don't know enough about her to know what she looks like. You haven't seen <laughs> Titanic? Uh, like 15 years ago. Okay. <laughs> I saw Sense and Sensibility. She was probably around this age. Yeah, I would not have seen that. You did not watch um, enough Jane Austen also... adaptations as a child. <laughs> I watched a lot. <laughs> because I'm sure I have a reason to watch those. Um... So you the know your King British Arthur literature? was also what's his face from Mighty Ducks 2. Oh <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um but Mark, sorry. Mighty Ducks 2 was the one he wasn't in. No, uh-uh. Really? Wasn't wasn't he the Mighty Ducks 2 and Mighty Ducks 1 was a different guy? Hmm. Are you thinking of the guy? Okay, just say the he's guy in that Ducks. the guy that runs the ice the skate, the skate shop. shop. It yeah. sharpens it. Is he in the first one? He's in the first one. Oh, I know he's I thought, in the third I one. I thought he was the replacement guy that was in the second one because the guy had a heart attack or something. So, I'm looking at all of his movies. He's in all three, apparently. So, mm. who knows? Well, anyway, he's the ice skate shop guy from the Mighty Ducks. And, well, something we might get into later, actually, because uh-huh. originally I I wanted to pick a different movie. Because it's summerish time, for some reason, I was thinking of baseball movies. And there was another movie I was thinking of, but I found this... Are you going to do Rookie of the Year? Possibly. And I found this one instead, and I was like, well, that's close enough. So I did... And then, then for like the first ten minutes, I'm like... This kid looks like the same kid from that movie, but he can't be. Because that'd be yeah, too weird. <laughs> he couldn't have starred in... Uh, this baseball film and another Disney baseball film. Yeah, right? I was like, he, they wouldn't put the same kid in two different baseball movies within a couple of years of each other. I thought this kid was very cute oh, as yeah. a child. And now? <laughs> I thought he did a lot more. I remember him being a much bigger child star. I he, suppose because no. of this movie and Rookie of the yeah. Year. Yeah. Uh, I looked at his Wikipedia page, the picture, or or whatever picture pops up when you put his name in. Not great. Got some real unwashed hair. Yeah, his facial hair isn't great either. You should ask him what that animal is on his head. Then I remember him being <laughs> in American Pie, even though I've never oh, seen a yeah, full American yeah, Pie movie. And then yeah. I just went, oh. I had forgotten about that, too. I was like, I recognized his face, and I was like, he can't be the one from Rookie of the Year, but he so much looks like it. And then I, when so I, much looks like Yeah, he's well, so then I looked him up, and it said American Pie, and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I kind of recognize his face from that movie. That's but, a sentence mm-hmm. that has been through Google Translate a couple times. That's yeah. true. Um, I remember this movie getting played on, like, Disney Channel in the, like, mid-late 90s on, like, weekends. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that's where seeing I it, it in theaters. <laughs> Either that or it was, like, the Sunday, mo- they played it a couple times as yeah. the Sunday movie on I really ABC. Didn't, I really didn't remember anything about, I remembered that he, like, fell through the earth somehow and ended up at King Arthur, and that was the only thing, and I remember that he played baseball. And oh. that, that was the only thing I could remember about I this movie. I remember wow. the you hamburger. only remember the beginning. Pretty much. We've Yes. Sarah, I remember the hamburger scene. I remembered 
I think a lot from this movie. Uh, that scene, uh, for some reason, the Mad Dog bubblegum scene stuck oh, with me yes! as well. <laughs> I think it's just because it's an old man with orange bubbles coming out of his mouth. <laughs> so, I, well, I guess I don't know what order we want to get into things. You know, this isn't. This is one Backward. that I feel like a lot of people have seen. So I think my perspective is people are fairly familiar with this. So like. We can go anywhere as long as you get like a little bit of context that explain what the scene is and how it fits into the plot. Yeah, so, well, the first thing that I was thinking of actually is not really a specific scene. It's more the costumes. Oh, yeah. Are you going to talk about the king's costume? Because I have a note on that. Well, you can talk about that. I, I noticed that the chain mail that the people were wearing was like yarn when they showed it when it was like close-ups it was just cloth that was all that woven out. into it and i could see i mean from farther away it would kind of look like it but when they get the close-up scenes and you can see like little things where it's tied off on the end on their gloves and stuff and i'm like i am no medieval clothing expert like i know i know that they wore some kind of padding underneath the chain mail stuff but the chainmail itself should have been metal, I would think. I don't think that, that they had true. woven the, cloth. The thing as their about armor. that, though, Mark, is that chainmail is really heavy. Well, and these that, people are pretending to be big, strong that knights. Also, and they're I wonder, Hollywood actors. I also wonder if it would have been too noisy. That's also true. Um, so I, I just, I actually, I was just watching this again today before we recorded, and I didn't notice it the first time. But today, I was like, "What is?" Because there's one scene where he picks up the bubblegum wrapper, and it's like a close-up of his hand in this thing, and I'm like, "It looks like yarn or wool or looks something like that's all woven around." And then I, for the rest of the movie, every time somebody with chainmail, I'm like, "It looks like just a bunch of cloth or fiber," as Sarah would say. <laughs> Of course. She no, loves fiber, fiber is different. <laughs> I like cloth. The the comment I had on the king's costume. Did that girl just give, say she likes cloth? <laughs> uh, to give people context, picture, like, he's King Arthur. So if you've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail, it's the same kind of Arthur outfit where it's the white doublet with uh, three lions on it and, the like, the chainmail underneath. So he's wearing that white doublet. But then he's got like a robe over top of it. And so most of it is covered. And so you just kind of see the white and the collar. And to me, anytime the king was in this outfit, it looked like he was just wearing a t-shirt. Yep. It looked like this medieval king had t-shirts invented so that he could be comfortable in his own home. That and... I, did they ever comment on his baseball uniform? I you you see some of these time travel movies where where they go back in time and people start pointing out, well, your outfit looks so weird. What's with your and and I don't remember if they did that for him. They did but. one aside uh, about it where the elder princess said he was dressed. He dresses like a fool uh, <laughs> when he came to court the first time. That was it. After that, people were just fine with baseball uniforms, because apparently that's what they wear in the mythical land of Reseda. Until he wore, like, the monk robes for a while. <laughs> I guess he was just a peasant, but it looks like the monks from Monty Python, so... Yeah, I'm surprised that, like, he had so many things in that bag. I'm surprised he didn't have just a change of clothes, because he's wearing the baseball uniform the entire time like a week goes by and he wears this thing 
And, like, they don't wash clothes. And even if they did, he'd be completely naked while they did it. No, uh, I, it is nice that they give him the backpack to take back with so that he can sure. use his... But Yeah, yeah, the little now, bag of tricks. If you go to play baseball... I could see possibly a teenager bringing a Walkman with them just because they would have it with them carrying around in the 90s. In the year of our Lord, 1995. If you're just going to a baseball game, why are you carrying around a flashlight in your backpack? In case you get mugged? I was trying to justify that. And the thing that I came up with is maybe, maybe this is kind of a, a smaller town. I don't know how big Reseda is. Maybe Reseda is not a big I town. I figured Cal- uh, Sarah would tell us all about California and the earthquakes. <laughs> so what I was thinking is maybe like after the game, Calvin's going to go out with his friends for a bite to eat. Like, and then he's going to ride a bike home or something, and maybe the flashlight will come in use for that. Does he have any friends? I, it, I like, Mark, I mean, I'm stretching here. It seems but like yeah, the whole team right. hates him at the beginning, and he even talks at some point about how lonely he is and everybody picks him last. So, Well, I did want to talk about that, because in the beginning of this film, Calvin has no self-confidence when he goes up to the plate. Uh, he gets struck out without ever moving his bat. Every time the ball comes close to him, he winces and closes his eyes and hopes it just takes care of itself. And eventually it does without him swinging at all. But I found it to be uh, a failure of the actor here where in the beginning, like, he steps up to the plate with, like, his shoulders hunched and, mm-hmm. like, trying to look as pitiful as possible. And it's a moment where if you can notice an actor acting they're not doing a great job acting <laughs> and this was so clearly like his first attempt at this there were like i i think there were several moments like that in this movie though where there was like certain lines just felt oh, like boy. i'm just a guy saying a line like it didn't feel like it was a character it was just kind of like here's the line and even from even from king arthur there were a few and you would think he's a more experienced like yeah, he should know what he's doing. Anyway, I guess we could talk about our, our favorite moments in the film. Oh, Reseda is in the upper L.A. area, above L.A., an L.A. Okay. suburb. Uh, currently, it's oh, about... suburb, though. Well, I mean, it's not part of L.A. Well, she it's... said it's above L.A., so I guess it's just hovering in the sky somewhere. Sure. Yes. My point was, suburbs seem reasonable. Kids would ride bikes around, as opposed to... Uh, like a borough of LA. <laughs> yeah. Suburbs in California, suburbs in other places. It matters. Like Santa Ana is not a suburb. It's not like a. Is not like LA, but it's not a safe area. I cannot tell you if it is or not. Its population now is about seventy five thousand. So, Sarah. I, w- I was positing this was a disnified suburb as opposed to the actual Reseda. Maybe, yes. But, I mean, this is still within the L.A. like Valley area, so it is as a large city who, area. As someone who grew up in California, did you ever yes. know anyone who got swallowed by an earthquake and traveled oh, through yeah. time? Did anybody fall down a hole? You must have loved that part, because he falls down so many holes in this. No. Uh, 
no one I knew fell down a hole. We were in Southern California. We didn't get as much earthquake damage. Um, I think the most we got is some stuff fell off shelves. <laughs> like Irvine wasn't known for its earthquake damage. Sure. Um, <laughs> but like in the paper, which might be California wide, <laughs> did anybody get reported of talking about time travel? Well, <laughs> well, not the papers I read. I see. But there was that thing where um, Anne Hayes thought she got abducted by aliens. Oh, that's fun. I mean, yeah. Okay, I'm sure so someone claimed to have time traveled in California. So I'm hearing it's a maybe, so this could have happened. <laughs> I mean, it's California. There's a lot of weirdos. All right. So, Mark, one of the things you brought up in the 60-second synopsis was the... The challenge to the death that Lord Tabasco <laughs> yeah. uh, Tabasco about. Yep. I'm waiting for. Car I want to hear all of Carl's names by the end of this. So. Yeah, yeah. I might. I'll try to sprinkle them in. Tabasco is maybe the best one though. Yeah. Comes in, challenges him to a death, but the king decides Calvin gets to choose the weapons. I think, didn't Belasco say he could choose? I don't, I thought that was part of, like, the honorable part of the duel, is choose your weapon, because you can pick whatever you're best at, or something, but he's, like, wandering around this great hall looking for a weapon, and of course he just struck out in a baseball game because he didn't even want to swing a bat, so he's so nervous about it, and then he just sees the Walkman and is like, Oh, I have a great idea, and sticks the headphones in these horns that happen to be there, which amplifies the sound, and because of rock music, Belasco runs away, I guess? Yeah. It is the devil's <laughs> music. I, hmm. Like, I get that it hurt everybody's ears, but this was a duel to the death. Mm -hmm. And Calvin didn't kill him. Like, Lord Velveeta runs away. <laughs> Not as that good. one's not as good. No, it they're doesn't... all worse than Tabasco. I told you. Uh, yeah, I, I, that was something that even the first I was like, wait, what happened? I thought he was going to win this somehow, and instead the guy just runs away because of music, which I you guess it would be kill people surprising because you've Disney never heard this movie. kind of music before. I, you say that, but they launched one guy off the top of the castle at the That's end. That's true. That guy is fine. super dead. <laughs> oh, and we will get fine. to that part because it is wild. Yeah. Totally fine. I mean, there was water down there, so maybe he just landed in the water. Hmm, maybe. The other thing that bothered me about... God, what's his actual name? Lord Bellasco. There we go. <laughs> uh, is that... He is so clearly evil right mm -hmm. from the get-go. And so, like, there's no there's no real twist in this. It is very much movie by the numbers. And as soon as you see this guy, you're like, well, that's the villain. A hundred percent, that's the villain. And then, like, one of the very next scenes, he does a villainous thing. Mm -hmm. uh, where he wanted Calvin brought to him so that he could dispose of him. Uh, and then he goes in, and he just tells the kid, I'm gonna fight you to the death, let's go. Well, a, the first night, after the duel, in the air quotes, night. that you can't see if you're listening. That's a different King Arthur movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Lancelot. I don't know I'm sorry, is. I'm so tired. <laughs> 
so so th- so he, he they give him a room to stay in and he's like wandering around looking for a bathroom inside his room and for some Which reason he, he never like, finds right he's not he doesn't find a bathroom the entire time he's he there. like looks in the chest next to the bed for some reason i i guess i don't know but then then he's looking for the bathroom he goes out in the hall and belasco's like do you hear that and he says, I don't hear anything. And he says, exactly, I could choke the life out of you right now. And then he's just like, uh, hold that thought. And he runs away and goes back to his room. So, A, he never finds a bathroom unless unless he was just peeing his pants when Belasco threatened him. But then, right out, Belasco's already threatening him right there in right. the hallway. And Maybe. why do you let him run away if you just threatened him and told him you could kill him? <laughs> Maybe he found... The historically time period accurate chamber pot. Hmm, maybe. It's very possible. There are no bathrooms! I know there's no bathrooms, uh, but they have, like... He's never gonna find bathrooms! They had rooms with holes that dropped to the basement. That's that's what he could have found. (laughs) It's just, they built... They put bathrooms on top of a tower where your waste would just do something and go away magically. I think he's just gonna find a chamber pot! Do you think he knows how to use a chamber pot? And do you think he could identify You know a what? He pot? knows a lot of other things that it's he shouldn't know a, at 12 years true. old. It's just a metal bucket that is under your bed. I w- if I he saw a metal bucket it. under my bed, I might assume it's one of those heating things that people put in blankets. Those are not anyway the same shape or size or look the same. How do I know? It's an antiquated technology. I've never actually seen either of one Ooh, of those. you guys did not read enough historical fiction as children. I don't I'm feel sorry, like those were Austin. around this time period, though. Those, those came ones, later. Uh... The bed heater thingies. Sure. Well, no, you'd have, like, it'd be kind of shaped like a brick, and it would open it and have little holes, and you'd put, like, stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Sometimes get you'd, you'd put I just... hot potatoes in your bed. Sometimes you put hot potatoes in your bed, but that's different culture. Well, now Don't we know what it. Sarah's rating is for this movie. Right. Hot potato. <laughs> Historically inaccurate! <laughs> the other, while we're on the subject of his room... It seems that every room in this castle is linked to a secret passageway to Merlin's lair. Like, they go there through a secret hall, or secret door, in Calvin's room. I thought, at first, well that's lucky that he got the room where the secret Mm -hmm. passage goes. And then on their way back, Katie slips, like, stops at a wall, is just like, well, this is my room, you need to keep going, and eventually it'll be your room on there next. So just... It's less of a secret passageway and more of just a covered hallway where, like, a lot of people have access to this. And Belasco gets down there at some point, didn't? Or I guess King I Arthur shows King up does. down there because that's what. But he Excalibur should know where is. it is, yeah. Because well, and it was also used to be where Merlin lived before he died. Apparently, the other thing that was strange to me is that when Calvin stays for. Uh, a fortnight to train up in battle because he's... Fortnite didn't exist yet. I thought they said it in the movie. She's talking about the video game. Oh. Thank you for understanding my terrible <laughs> joke. Sarah, I'm not a tween. I don't know yeah. Fortnite. Wait, didn't we try to play it once? Yes, we tried once and your computer was bad. <laughs> so when he goes to battle practice uh, and trains with James Bond, Katie is there. 
the the second in line princess is training with the knights i don't think this is what princesses get taught like why is this this woman who is going to be married off for political alliance why is she training to fight i don't understand this maybe she got special something because her sister is into the trainer maybe i so i don't put it past her having like if she maybe like it's not part of like her normal she stuff but she's fight, sn- yeah she, could she get snuck a away to do it she's like mulan it's definitely not <laughs> historically accurate that princesses trained right. in combat i don't even think princes trained in combat it was just their bodyguards who did maybe and like i get she has to be there in order for this romance to have the meet cute and them to get to spend time together maybe she just knew that calvin was gonna be training and she's like "Ooh, i should be there though she had been she had been doing it for a while because she was way better than calvin that's true what i was just gonna say which doesn't make sense why she was able to be kidnapped so easily later in the film uh, Mark, did you see how those two things look nothing alike? Oh, is it a chamber pot and a thing? It's, you no, slip it's, under your bed to heat the bed. It's the bed warmer, but the one is not, doesn't look medieval time to me, but that's... Awesome. Sarah, you said chamber pots were metal, but that is wooden and I believe a cup. I mean, they could be metal, but that's not a cup. It's not that small. It's like a porcelain. All right, then the picture is deceiving. I mean, it is. It's ceramic. The worst cup of coffee. And those other things kind of look like those popcorn poppers you would put over on the oven. Sure. But that's a Jiffy warmer. pop? <laughs> yes. Put, like, yeah, uh, I know put, what like, that, that bed warmer yes. looks like. I picture that more 1800s than medieval sure. I mean, time, but they'd be but... similar. You'd have something metal where you'd put, like, coal or hot stones in it and put it at the end of the bed. I know things. Sometimes you just put Sure. Friends. You should go back to medieval time and tell them all your things. You'd be regarded oh. as a witch. No, she I would like, be a hero can I just like go Calvin. To midi- can I just go to medieval times? The yes. fun thing where you watch like horse fights. In There's Southern one California. right outside of Chicago. I'll meet Is you there. Is there? Yes. You really? get to eat things with your finger. You don't yes. know this. I've been no. to that one. I've only been to the one in Southern California because it was oh. near my house. Oh, they're all. It over was the, place. the highlight of my seventh grade year. We Is that we to- got. A uh, field trip to medieval times. We used to take relatives there when they came vacation. My sister once got to be the person who tied the favor onto the land. Ooh. My night oh, never well, well, won. Well. Uh, my I think night I've been always there won like two or three times, because but we I've knew never won. The secret. It was something about like if you were the the first side to get filled. At least at the medieval times we went oh. to, it was like the first side that got seated was the night who won. That and makes so sense. we always went early. And so our night always won. Okay, because the so thing, I, I went to Medieval Times once and, like, watched the joust or the battle or whatever they do. And, like, they always want to make every fight dramatic. And so yeah. whoever seems to have an advantage at the beginning of the fight will lose the fight. That's, it's Absolutely. the same, it's, it's professional wrestling with swords and armor. Well, yeah. yes, because horses are, can be very dangerous, so it has to be stage so you don't actually stab someone in front of a large amount of children oh i'm not saying they shouldn't be staged i'm saying like every fight was predictable in that anybody who seems to be winning will definitely lose don't stab yourself in front of children there's my lesson for the day all right that might be the lesson for this film (laughs) we'll find out at the end 
Okay, so you were talking about them dating, or oh, the yeah, romance, yeah. or whatever. Calvin finds his way to the blacksmith somehow. It's Somebody must have told him that the blacksmith was there because he came down there specifically looking for him. I think he mentions the blacksmith was recommended by the king or whoever. Yeah, I guess, he, oh, you're recommended as the best blacksmith in the land, blah, blah, blah. Can you make me this? And then, of course, the camera doesn't show you what it is. But then later, he goes with Katie, and she's wearing a pair of wooden rollerblades, but the wheels are definitely, like, modern rollerblade wheels. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. They are so, so smooth. And, which is, so, I may or may not have used this in my games later, we'll find out. But, like, this whole story is based on, you know, a, um, a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. Like, it's a kids-friendly <gasps> modern version of that. But, like, it makes sense in that original story by Mark, Tw in, <clears throat> by Mark Twain that uh, the guy who goes back has modern knowledge. Because the guy who goes back is a firearms engineer. And, like, a lot of things he does is either physics-based things or explosive-based things. Both of which you would need to perform that job. A child going back and knowing, huh, the, so the rollerblades, maybe, because he had rollerblades in his bag as a demonstration. I don't know if he could have described a bicycle well enough in order for the blacksmith to be able to make it. Now, you, and, okay, later on, he takes King Arthur on the bicycle, and Arthur is all freaking out because they're riding a bike down a hill. This is a king who rides horses? And in their own training room, they have, like, a horse on wheels. I don't know why he would be so scared of riding a bicycle. Horses are much scarier than bikes. Well, the thing about the king on this bike is, one, he's very old. He probably hasn't ridden a horse in years. Two, he, wrote one he, in is, not, he is not in control at all of this bicycle. He is trusting a child to steer him and pedal the bicycle up a hill and then have control fair, of it down he a trust hill. the child to do lots of things throughout You're the movie. You're never completely in control of a horse. You're never completely in control of a bicycle. Especially the bicycle built in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make sense, but it did make you think for two seconds. It made me think I don't remember why I'm friends with you. <laughs> uh... uh... It's not my personality, for sure. Uh, I think it's your dog that I haven't met in person, but I can see his little feet. I can see his little feet! I, wonder if, I was like, did that peak my microphone? No, I was far enough away. Oh, thank God. Keeping that one in there. All right. <laughs> so, we should talk about iconic moments in this film. One of which I did remember is, like, Calvin goes back and he gets invited to a lot of the... Uh, the feasts that the king is having. Uh, he gets to share meal meals with the king, and all the food is disgusting to him uh, because it's like pig's head or a pig's tongue or haggis in a goat's stomach. And I get it. That's probably not cooked all the way through because we awesome. sure didn't know about meat-borne bacteria back then. But why? In England, it should just be... I mean, yes, they probably have, like, the full pig, but they just have normal meat, too, probably. Probably. There should have been, like, a drumstick there. That's what you get served at medieval times, historically accurate. <laughs> yeah. 
But what, what Calvin decides to do, go on a nice little date with Katie, is that he's going to make dinner. And what he makes is a Big Mac. Is it time for tomato trivia? That's what I was leading up to. Yes, he try. He puts a tomato on the burger, and I think Katie stops him. He's like, "No, that's a poisonous love apple." So, Sarah, what is your what is your trivia on poisonous love apples? Okay, the term love apple is correct. That was a term that was used. Technically, this is kind of historically incorrect. Tomatoes probably didn't come over to England until a little while later, not medieval times, slightly later. They came over from the New World! Um, they're native to, like, Central and South America. Anyway, the reasons. There are two potential reasons for why people in England and also in North America for a little bit uh, thought tomatoes were poisonous. One, tomatoes are part of the nightshade family. And the things that are part of the nightshade family that are native to England are poisonous, like deadly nightshade, things like that. Mm -hmm. So tomatoes being, when they're small, look like the other nightshade families and being a nightshade, they just went, let's not eat that. All the other nightshades we have make us die. Tomatoes technically are poisonous. If you eat enough of them, they will make you sick. They're just not poison enough to kill us like the other ones. Reason to never eat another tomato. I love tomatoes. <laughs> I have a bunch in my kitchen right now. Two, like other things in medieval and um, early times, they used a lot of pewter, pewter oh, plates, pewter dishes. Yeah. Okay. And one of the ingredients of pewter is lead. lead. Poisonous, deadly lead. You know what makes lead come out of pewter? Is it acid? Is it's it any acid. form of acid? Do you want to know what tomatoes have a lot of? Is it acid? acid? Is it deadly, deadly acid? So they'd have tomatoes and the tomatoes would cause the pewter to leach acid. And they'd poison themselves with the tomatoes. Ah, okay. Because I, now that you've told me this, I do recall hearing about the pewter thing. Yes. So those are the two reasons why, not medieval, but later times, uh, people in England did not trust tomatoes. Ah, uh, it all makes sense now. But Katie eats it readily enough. So where did he get a hamburger? That's the thing that bothered me, <laughs> is that so far, we've seen, like, shanks of meat served at dinner. Meaning that the cooks here don't really prepare it past, like, putting a leg of an animal on a fire pit and cooking it long enough that it's tasty. So it did seem weird to me that he would be able to find beef or pork that he would then chop up fine enough that it could be turned into, like, ground pork or ground beef. I cannot tell you the historical time period of the sausage grinder or grinding. Yeah, there's there's no way he had a sausage grinder unless Maybe it's in his backyard. he had the blacksmith build him one. I mean, I can't tell you if that any tools like that would be in the kitchen. Maybe it was know. a deleted scene where he had the blacksmith build him a grinder. I mean, obviously, the Isles of Britain have a long history of sausage products. I just sure. don't know how long a history. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but I think back then, what... What was that noise? Oh, is that just the ambulance siren. outside? Oh, it sounded like an airplane crashing. Well, that might be what they're on their way to. <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> it sounded, it like, sounded like, like a siren. 
The Doppler sounded real now, weird. Now, this is the rest of the podcast. Is <laughs> it's making just noises. me doing ambulance <laughs> sounds. It, it sounded like the Doppler sound to it sounded like it just fell <laughs> and cracked. All right, where were we? I don't know anymore. I don't know. Burgers, ground beef, we're at Grinders. And the the thing I was going to bring up is that not not the app, (laughs) the meat grinder. Um, Well, not that app either. Um, But the thing I was going to bring up about sausages is that initially they probably weren't like ground up cuts of beef or whatever. They were probably made out of, like, the parts of the animal that didn't get used that much. That's what sausages are. But they still grind them. Yes, but now they're not using, like, animals' organs in it, and at least, like, they're still the scraps, but they're scraps of meat. Because that is biologically safer. I mean, awful isn't always not safe. I mean, you're right, but I'm saying, like, I don't think they had a meat grinder that stuffed sausages. I'm looking, because you have hand crate one. Sure. I I don't think they had the technical ability to make that yet. You keep guess, looking. Guess who's going to look up the history of sausage grinder? <laughs> okay, Jeez. do not search on the history of sausages. You will get bad results. Do not search uh... grinder. You will get bad results. All right. While Sarah's doing that and ignoring us for a little bit, uh, Mark, what was a memorable scene for you in the film? What's one that, like, yeah, why don't we talk about favorite parts in the film? Because there's plenty to knock on this film, and there's a lot at the end that I'm sure we will get to. Was there any part of the film where, like, you you felt something? So, the I think from your exact definition where i felt something <laughs> i think so towards the end kind at the mi- middle of the end um, <laughs> they're rescuing katie after she's kidnapped and the line is really corny because something about what i wouldn't give to have excalibur and calvin says you have it and rips it out of his little bag and hands it to him but it's like this big moment because he's like He's been telling a story about how he hasn't used Excalibur because he used to be a good king and then he kind of gave up and hasn't been the king that he should have been. He feels like he's let his people down and he hasn't touched the sword in forever because he's not worthy or something. So so now he gets the sword in his hand again and you get kind of that Mjolnir. <laughs> he's like, ah, I have my magic right. sword. He gets and, light shined on him. Yeah, the, there's like light. There's a little bit of a sound to like a ringing, like it's I'm some magic smart. connection between him and the sword. I don't want to dispute that, but I also don't want to agree. Right. Um, so, before we get on to the thing you found, the sound I related the sword to, like when King Arthur is wielding it, and it's like hitting other swords or hitting armor. The sound it made to me was like, it's almost a lightsaber. Yeah, that I thought the same thing. It's so weird. And like, I wouldn't have made the connection as a kid, because like, Star Wars definitely came out before this, but I don't know if I would have been that into Star Wars. Yeah. I don't... Like, I've seen a lot more as an adult, is my point. The sword fight itself was not... Really? It was not amazing, but... When did you first see Star Wars? I first saw it as a kid. But, like, it was because my aunt had the three VHS tapes at her house, and, like, we didn't watch it all the time because, like, it it takes a while. And it's a 
it's an epic story, and as a kid, I wasn't into epics because they weren't exciting all the time. Mm-hmm. Too much talking. I, I feel like we had very different childhoods. We had extremely different childhoods. You, you, are you surprised by this, Sarah? I used You're to grow just up. Now finding it, and I used home, to grow up. What happened? I'd get home from school, <laughs> and my mother would be ironing in the living room, watching Star Trek, and I'd just sit there and watch my TV with my mom while she watched sci-fi shows. Yeah, Star Trek is great. Like I put that on now as background stuff because it's entertaining mm-hmm. enough, and like. I just want noise. But, like, as a very small child, I was just watch science fiction constantly. All right. Well, my parents weren't that into science fiction. So, like, they just didn't have it on. And if they were putting on a kid's show, it was Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. I was, <laughs> oh, I was no. mutated oh, as a child. No. Um... Am I learning I'm not normal again? Yes! Sarah, we've <laughs> covered this! Anyway, the thing is, they didn't grind it. They just minced it. All right. Yes, but Calvin preparing this, I don't see him mincing it. I don't, like, I don't see him having the cooking wherewithal to prepare this meal. Do you not think he just charmed a kitchen person and went, hey, can you chop this real small for me? Maybe he did. Maybe. Isn't that what Disney protagonists do? Be like... Hey, middle-aged lady, aren't I a cute preteen? Will you chop this meat for me? Sarah, it's called aren't the smolder. Aren't I a scamp? It's true. I can't smolder. Well, the, Calvin probably could. I am a plucky lady. <laughs> That's a word for that it. You. That Sarah is a real plucky lady. I got told by my father the other day that I have grit. Ah, do you, do you also have chutzpah? Uh, probably, but my father would not use that word, as he is not a, uh, Jewish grandma from New York. Sure. Well, that guy, he's so, got real chutzpah. Oh, All right. He is Carl not Fran Drescher. doing accents so he... is the real highlight of the podcast. My father is not Fran Drescher. He's not going to say that. Oh. That's fair. Um, so, Carl, did you have a favorite part? Yes. And before I, so we like got sidetracked into I kind grinders. Of, I kind of started it where <laughs> the sword fight itself was not great, but the just that moment of him holding the sword again and feeling like his old self with his magic sword. And I don't know if you mentioned it in your 60-second synopsis, but we should probably explain to our listeners the reason King Arthur has become such a sad sack and not the Arthur <laughs> of legend uh, is that his wife Guinevere died some years ago. Which and, is better than how the original epic ends. Uh, oh, sure. Doesn't Guinevere run off with Lancelot or, like, King Arthur discovers the affair and then they battle or something? Uh, there's a lot to it. A lot of people end up dead. Guinevere ends up in a nunnery. King Arthur ends up dead. Sure. There's a whole thing with uh, a half-sibling and... Right. Uh, so you're saying it's wish. better this... It's better that this woman is dead. No one ends up being a nun, it's a, you and know, it's only one person dead, and not a whole. It's a Disney kingdom. movie. The mother has to be dead. That is. It true. doesn't end up with the entire kingdom of Camelot destroyed and just a memory. Fair. It almost does. Like that's the ending. Not that's why Calvin is there surviving, to prevent it. But like Lord Vespa taking over the kingdom, um, while. <laughs> 
King Arthur if, sits if, back. Vet, Vespa. If you ever speaking want of the, sci-fi movies, <laughs> if you ever want a book series with the biggest emotion change, it is the one in Future King, which starts out with the first book being almost exactly like the Sword in the Stone, the Disney version, with animal changes and weird falling in love with squirrels and all of that, and ends with everyone dead and depressed. Yeah, it's medieval times. People, a lot of people died and a lot of people were depressed. But you don't expect the first book to start with people turning into fishes and squirrels falling in love with little boys and It is a little all that off stuff. theme. All right. I was getting to something again. <laughs> uh, King Arthur? Yes, yes, yes. It was one of the... Brave, brave, so brave, the reason brave, I brought up Guinevere dying is it's why he is such a coward now. And the part that I liked in the film, which I thought Mark was going to mention, because it is them writing to save Katie from this ulterior castle, is where Calvin is talking to the king one-on-one, -on -one, and the king has gone through a moment of self-reflection, and talks about why he has allowed like his royal vizier or whatever to... to get power over him why he has become the coward he is now and it's because he was chosen as a kid almost at random to pull the sword of the stone and become king arthur and he's remembering that time where he was a cowardly young boy and then suddenly he was this mythical figure promoted to king and it's not something he asked for, not something he chose. It was just given to him. And so once the kingdom was in relative safety and he did his work, and now that his wife has died and he's gone through grief, he's just, he's kind of done with it all. And he's back to being that cowardly little boy and just other people can deal with it. Depends on the mythos. Sure. Sometimes you could say Lady in the Lake gives him the sword. Yeah. No. In some versions, he is actually the truth of son of Uther Pendragon, and therefore was always meant to be royal. I see. What is interesting, interesting, I don't know if that's the right word. So the whole thing here is that Calvin is trying to learn to be confident, but he's the one who is encouraging the king now and saying how he is has learned something but i don't remember when he learned this i don't think he did as much as like he knows king arthur from legend he knew about the round table and he taught the king about that and he knows the the legendary figure that king arthur is supposed to be and i think that's what he's basing it off of it's just like you have to do this because otherwise your daughter is gonna die so we're gonna go and we're gonna storm a castle together. Uh, and you just, you gotta bear with me here. Because we both care about this lady. But he he said something about that, like, how he had learned something about, or, or how he, he used to be that boy without confidence also. And now he learned that he doesn't have to be, he doesn't need that magical sword in order to be a hero or whatever, but I just don't remember when he would have learned that so far in the movie. I think King Arthur mentions that it doesn't take a sword to be a hero, or like... Right, 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 but he, Calvin's also repeating it, I think, as a... So. Right, right, because Calvin's going through that now, and like, maybe it was the, the training that Calvin went through, or like... Uh, the joust training, which I assume he did plenty of before. 
We only his, see one scene of it, but we assume he trained all the two There's stuff to be said about that scene as well. We'll get there. Anywho, but like that's the scene that spoke to me because it's it's Arthur admitting his faults and like coming to terms with the man that he's become out of grief and out of ease and like talking to someone who's cowardly and wanting to change about the way he was cowardly as a boy and had to change to to meet his circumstances and like it's really like the theme of the movie is spoken there where i think it's uh, a line i've already mentioned where you don't need a you don't need a sword in your hand a sword doesn't make a hero people decide to be a hero and take up the sword or something along those lines mm-hmm. but like it was my favorite part of the film because it's it's not trying to be corny it's just these two characters having a conversation uh that is true to both of them and it's an interesting take on the arthurian legend where he talks about what he was before he picked up the sword and what he is now being based on that anyway uh why don't we get to well sarah unless you have a favorite part of the film because we heard marks we heard mine otherwise we get to just terrible parts of the film which there are plenty to talk about i feel like the terrible parts would be sarah's favorites i do like terrible parts that's true <laughs> like daniel craig's hair in the- oh yeah <laughs> it's a bowl cut it super is a bowl cut he is that is some ugly peasant hair i think they had to ug him up a bit I think if they just had this incredibly handsome guy, nobody would buy him being, like, subservient to anybody. He is Peasant's Quest. He is Homestar Runner <laughs> Peasant's Quest. Carl won't know what that is. Nope. But, he... <laughs> but yeah, he is Peasant's Quest. <laughs> I doubt most of the listeners will know what that is either. <laughs> hey, some will, and that's all that matters. We should just be grateful that Hollywood didn't look at him and his hair and go like, this man, this man will never be famous. Ha. Uh, this man, this man will be James Bond with this hair. Ooh. Ooh. Oh yeah, no, they took right? that hair and gave it to ha- ha- Javier Bardem. Oh yeah. In, <laughs> what the, uh, Skyfall? I think so, where he just talks about the rats. <laughs> oh, that speech is great and terrifying. <laughs> All right, so one of the worst scenes of the film which isn't even at like the very very end of the film kind of like mark was saying the middle of the end (laughs) is i it's a line that in my notes i just went what does that mean because it's crazy so they go to save katie (laughs) they break her out Uh of the jail then there's a fight scene king gets excalibur but he kills all but one knight brutally in front of children and then, like, if you the want to lead... call that sword fight brutal, sure. Uh, but the <laughs> men are dead. Uh, is my point. They um, there's a neat moment in the film where Calvin cuts a rope to a chandelier and nothing <laughs> happens. Uh, it's just it's a great play of what you expect to happen. It did make me chuckle. But the point of it at the end of the fight scene, the lead knight has a knife to Katie's throat. Eddie takes her up a staircase, and the two boys, Calvin and the King, run after her. And he's got her on the edge of a castle, and he needs the King and Calvin to surrender, or he's going to kill Katie. So Calvin, to solve the problem, takes out 
his only weapon, which is the CD player. And the knight makes a comment like, well, weapon of rock isn't going to help you now. Battle rock or whatever. Yeah, I guess I, I called it a Walkman earlier, but I guess it's true. It was a CD player. Yeah. So then Calvin has a line. Something, I think it, the line is, it's not that, it's the great equalizer. And he opens the CD thing, and then he just kind of directs a laser pointer at the knight's eyes, which forces him to fall off because he's momentarily blinded, and the knight falls to his death and Katie is safe. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. I feel like that happens a lot in like 80s, 90s music movies where they get very dramatically blinded in the eyes. Yeah. Well, and that's not the only time it happens in this movie. So, so number one. They're, they're like, ah, ah, CD players do use a laser to read CDs. That's a fact. CDs. CDs. However, they specifically don't shoot the laser if the case is open because it can get people in the eyes. Like, every CD player has that safety precaution. Maybe this was before they invented that safety precaution. Why not just take the CD out and shine the CD? Or yeah. he has a flashlight that we've previously established. Why not blind him that way with a sudden burst of light? Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it wasn't. That's a that's what flashlight. I was expecting when he was digging in the backpack. I thought he was going to bring out the flashlight and blind Did the guy. Did he not and have instead one of those CD huge player. metal ones that everyone had in the nineties that weighed about ten pounds? Oh yeah, you like the, the mag light, the night Yeah, Watson. the mag light. I think he did. He just didn't use it. The other thing is, what does that line mean? It's the great equalizer. I, because there is a music thing called an equalizer. Yeah, but, but it's it has not in a CD with player. The laser. Was he, like, the phrase the great equalizer also refers to just death. Was that a death threat thinly veiled in his language? I don't know what that meant. That was one of the worst lines of the movie, I think. <laughs> If not, if not the worst, but... Yeah, I think it is the worst line. I also not think good. it's, like, the worst use of modern technology. And, like, even if he had a laser pointer, if he shined it in this guy's eyes, he'd be momentarily blinded and probably wouldn't kill himself because of it. I would give this a pass if this wasn't a really important part in the plot of the film. Normally, like, those sort of things, you use it as a distraction, and then the person gets free, and they shove the person off the wall. Which would make sense, because Katie's had battle training. Like, as soon as the knife is gone from her throat, she should just kick him in the balls, and f f he'll fall to <laughs> his death. Oh, you that gotta, reminds me of something. You gotta sing. As I learned from Miss Congeniality, you gotta sing. That's right. Solarplex uh, in Solar step nose groin. That's right. I can never remember the acronym. I just we, I have been singing at my attackers and it hasn't worked yet. Oh look, there's a puppy again. We we skipped the whole part earlier where he said he'd been taking karate lessons, even though his moves were nothing like karate. But yeah, he he clearly wasn't good at karate. Again, one of the times when Belasco is threatening him in the training room with like ten people around listening to him threaten the kid. He's getting chased across the floor, crawling, just kicks the guy in the nuts and says, Oh, I think I just qualified for a black belt. I'm like, I don't think that's how karate works. That's not how karate <laughs> nope, works. Not at all. 
I don't think that's certainly not what they teach you. And you certainly need to know a lot more before getting a black belt. It's it's definitely a throwaway line. And like, I gave that a pass because this is just, this is not an important scene. This That scene accomplished nothing in that Belasco comes in, he threatens a duel to the death again, and Calvin escapes again. And so if Calvin has a dumb line here, fine, whatever. Scene's not important to the film. Calvin with a dumb line and a dumb move that saves his love interest life at the end of the film? Ah, uh, unacceptable. Screenwriters would you, need to you be would, better. You would have preferred a better Schwarzenegger pun for that? Uh, well, Schwarzenegger puns may or may not come up in my games later. We'll see. <laughs> oh no. You're fine. Not fine. You're fine. <laughs> Alright. We've been jumping around. Why don't we get to the, the end Jumble of this around. thing? Jump, jump up, jump, jump up, jump, jump around. around. Which is, there's, I think something mentioned in your 60 second synopsis, but we haven't talked about yet, is there's this really sexist procedure in uh, this version of Camelot where the eldest daughter of the king, if she can't find a suitable suitor uh, by a certain birthday, they have a tournament. And whoever wins the tournament by beating up other people gets to marry the princess and become king of camelot because the king wants to retire now and i don't re- so at the when they're given like the little pre-tournament speech thing he said something about any man can compete and whoever wins will be my successor uh-huh and then he goes from that and say and win the hand of my daughter or something and I'm, so is that is the winner automatically getting married to the princess or is it just yes. because they are going to be the successor and that's how being a princess works that is how being a princess works. So is it just to just to determine the the successor? Well, and that, that was the time, whole and... that was the whole issue with the elder princess. The entire movie is that yeah. she wanted to marry Daniel Craig because who wouldn't? Uh, but she can't because Daniel Craig's not a royal, uh, and so she is passing all of her suitors. And now because of this tournament, she has to marry whoever wins. My assumption is that Camelot does not, unlike England, cannot have a... Yeah, um, a female um, ruler? That's accurate, yeah. Yes. I was trying to think of the proper term for a person in power in a kingdom, and it's either king or queen, but there's a joint term that I'm missing. Monarch. Yeah. (laughs) So, therefore, to to find a successor, the eldest daughter would have to rule, and therefore any success... Later daughters would be used to form political alliances. So it's not just that they win the tournament and become king and then get to marry the daughter. They win the tournament, get to marry the daughter, which makes them king. Yeah. Got it. Because without a male successor, either it would go to another male relative, or I guess you could have someone who is someone with royal heritage marry your daughter and be declared your heir. Also, during that speech that you were talking about, Mark, at the beginning of the tournament, uh, the king has had a change of heart, because it's literally, like, the next day after they've gone on this rescue attempt for Katie and killed a bunch of people. And the king, during his speech, is identifies to his people that I've been a bad king, I recognize that, and I will be better, that is my promise to my people. As such, any man can enter the tournament. This would have been probably great news a week ago for these peasants. He's (laughs) announcing this 
the day of the tournament, like, moments before the tournament is going to start. And so, like, they cheer, but ultimately, it doesn't do anything for anybody except for Daniel Craig. Like, he is the only person who is in a position... And also Calvin, apparently. A position where he can, Although he I guess can get now, up Calvin at a moment's a notice and go in a joust. My other note on this is, throughout the film, and part of the reason he kidnapped Katie, uh, Lord Velasco has been wanting Sarah's hand in marriage. Sarah's the elder princess. He knows that if he marries Sarah, he gets the kingdom. And he's already kind of got the kingdom, but he wants the official power. And the king has refused like for a Farquaad. while. Like Farquaad. Like Farquaad, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said that as if you were a child. <laughs> um, anyway. I had breakfast uh, last night. I got Shrek on the brain. Yeah, he wants... He wants the power. Uh, and one of his subordinates, in fact, the knight that threatens Katie's life later in the film and falls off a tower because a laser shoots in his eyes, uh, <laughs> asked Belasco, why, well, why don't you just enter the tournament? Any man who wins the tournament gets the hand in marriage automatically. And Belasco responds, do you think I want to die? Suggesting that he's not good at battling. He's not good at jousting and couldn't win the tournament. But then... He's just in the tournament, and he's doing really good. Like, if Daniel Craig wasn't there, there'd be nobody to challenge him. He's also cheating, as you find out. But, but if he could cheat but the whole time, anyway. why not? Maybe he couldn't cheat before, and he just figured it out at the last minute. I don't that know. That would make him bad at his he job. Learned it, so, he learned it from Calvin by pointing things better, in people's eyes. A better way to do this, because this is bad screenwriting, in that, like... He didn't want to enter the tournament, he's in the tournament, and he's totally fine. Yes, he's cheating because he has a little reflector on his helmet and it's shining in the other person's eyes. Uh, and I guess he's always riding into the sun for reasons. Did a Knight's Tale steal this plot? Oh, yes. A hundred percent. Though, a better way to do this is, we've already previously established, Calvin is going and giving future technology to the blacksmith to get stuff. If we just had a scene where Belasco uh, goes to the blacksmith and like in his mean orderly way demands to get something that'll help him with the tournament and the blacksmith now knowing future technology is like, oh, I have an idea based on this thing this kid told me. And then like Calvin inadvertently gives him the ability to win the tournament or at least be better than he currently is. That at least gives a justification of why he can do it now. And it's a it's a better way this could have gone. There's no justification for it in the film. I get well, and I guess the one guy who gets lasered in the face by by Calvin is dead now, so he wouldn't have been able to tell him. That was the only thing I could think is, oh well, maybe he heard it from someone at the. But there's only the one guy who witnessed it, and he's dead. So I guess nobody would have told him unless it was Calvin. The other thing about this tournament is it commits the worst crime in film, which is it's so boring. <laughs> I get that they have to show a tournament in that you need to show Belasco going up against people and winning. You need to show Daniel Craig going up against people and winning. Tournaments don't have to be boring. I know, but like they want to get to the final battle where it's Craig versus Belasco, but they show you like every joust before that to establish how good they are 
all they have to do is have a bunch of peasants sing We Will Rock You <laughs> while true. they show all the previous it's, things. It's just montage of people getting knocked off horses Again, for a few seconds. I'm gonna I'm gonna reference a knight's tale. They Maybe show you a should lot stop of... doing that. <laughs> I really like a knight's tale. And it, now I'm just like, Sarah, what else? it might be a game we use later. For someone who didn't write any games for this, it's kind of sad that uh, she's That's because right all. until now I forgot A Knight's Tale existed. And then I went, hey, Heath Ledger was really hot in that movie. Heath Ledger was hot in a lot of movies. Paul Bettany was also very good in that movie. Yeah. Uh, also, Alan Tudyk. You can punch me all day, because if I like a lot. <laughs> we should watch that movie. Um, it's very good. Also, things with, with not jousts, but like tournamenty things. Yeah. Uh, 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 Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Like. Not Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That yeah. was. Yeah. Any Robin Hood movie. Robin Hood, where's any, the fox? <laughs> any Robin Hood movie. Any Robin Hood movie where they have to fire bows and arrows and right. win a contest. That's the thing about medieval tournaments is that it's not just a joust. You also have people battling with sh swords and shields in a Maces. battlefield. You have people you shooting bows and arrows. It's a smaller version of the Olympics, but there's more things going on than just a joust. The joust you is the only important thing. You got some poor people drinking some things out of wooden mugs. And this this is a great place, like you said, where it should have been a montage. Instead, it goes on for like five minutes where we just see a bunch of people fall off horses. And it's just like, okay, I get it. I know who's going to fight in the end. Can we just go there? Now. <laughs> that was my impression of your dog's collar. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely getting it picked sounded up. Sounded exactly mic. like that. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, his his collar does go like it's a Skype call coming in. <laughs> I'm very good at sound effects. I've always I'm said my, that. I'm my own foley artist. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I shouldn't right. be allowed in public. So. That brings us to the, well, almost the end. It, it brings us <laughs> yeah. to the, uh, the, what is that called? It'll come to me. It brings us to the penultimate end. Very or good, is, that or is perhaps the word. The Pendragon ultimate end. No, not that. What? What? Arthur Pendragon I, is yes. Arthur. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Good job. It's bad. Anyway. That was a literary reference. I'm very proud of you. So, the penultimate ending of this is this joust that we've been leading up to, uh, where it is Daniel Craig, Kane, I think is his name in this film, going Which up against... None of us wrestler? remembered. I don't know. I never knew what his actual name was. Well, I wrote his name in my notes as Craig the entire time, uh, <laughs> and then I found out his name was Kane, which is like... Okay, you didn't change his name all that much. Does he have long black hair and wear a leather vest? To be no, fair, he has I, a what? blonde bowl cut. He does wear a vest. I and and now that I'm thinking about it, I cannot for the life of me remember if that's actually what Kane wears. <laughs> now I have to look up Kane. Alright, you do it. But Mark, you had you had mentioned this was one of the bad parts of the film, I think. Maybe it's where Calvin replaces him in the joust. I don't remember saying that. I mentioned in the 60-second synopsis that it was the final battle between Belasco and medieval James Bond. Fair. 
But I thought I you were going to talk about the final, final joust in this. Oh, well, I mean, it wasn't great, but it, it, I guess what my point is that it was not the way real jousting would be done. Because every, well, and again, all of the rounds that they showed you for the last 10 minutes, every single one, they start riding and immediately have the lance held down in front of them, which you would not do because it would be bouncing all over the place as the horse is running. So you can't aim very well that way. And I think the scoring on this is not it's similar to <clears throat> some movie that sarah keeps mentioning uh-huh. and but but i don't know how accurate that is either well, to what real scoring, things were but i know getting knocked this, off would lose it for you pretty much right so. and that's the thing is that to win in this joust tournament you need to be unhorsed which is the way that daniel craig is able to survive the belasco's cheating because Belasco blinds him so that Craig can't get an accurate shot. And then Belasco hits him square in the chest, which knocks Craig back, but doesn't knock him off the horse. So he hasn't been unhorsed. He's still in the competition. And apparently there's like a certain time limit for him to come back and recover before they go again. Uh, but this is where Calvin goes to check on him, discovers, well, he's done for. He's just... He's just no good anymore. He's speaking in tongues because he asks for a haircut, apparently. (laughs) And so, while this guy is unconscious, Calvin manages to strip down all of his armor and then put on all of his armor, even though it doesn't fit. Calvin already had the yarn chainmail on beforehand, so he could the have just mail? taken the the armor off and put it the plate armor, but I, I think plate armor takes a while. Yeah. You usually have like attendance, I think, to clip it on and everything. But anyway, so Kane or Craig comes back and they go again. Uh, one of my favorite lines of the film, because I wasn't expecting it, is the younger princess who's been hanging out with Calvin tells Belasco that, uh, Belasco comes telling him, well, I waited the allotted time, you should declare me the tournament, uh, and the princess responds, wrong again, dweeb! I think it's because they mentioned it, Calvin called somebody a dweeb earlier, and they didn't know what that meant and thought it was a funny word. Probably. So she had to say it again. Another part this film should have done and didn't. Well, maybe I should describe how this goes down first, then describe my problems with it. Anyway, Calvin in the armor. They go to joust. Blasco aims for the head and knocks the helmet off. And the knight keeps riding because there's nobody underneath the helmet. They reset again. And now Blasco's a little freaked out that he's battling a headless horseman. And Calvin manages to unseat him without looking at him or being able to aim his lance in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though Calvin wasn't the original combatant, apparently he wins. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Because then after he knocks Belasco over, he pops his head out the hole at the top of the armor and everybody cheers for him. They're like, you're not that guy, but then they cheer anyway. You've not competed up until this point. You've unhorsed the champion of the competition, so I guess? Cheating's fine as long as the good guys do it. Fair. Karate Kid taught me that. 
My... Yeah, true. Why is that cheating? Karate Kid does not cheat. You're not supposed to kick yeah. people in the face! Exactly. Yeah. The problem... So, <laughs> my understanding of that tournament is you can't hit below the belt. So when the guy kicks his leg, that's illegal. You can kick people in the face. Anyway. Pretty sure you're not supposed to kick people in the face. Anywho. Uh, we've previously established that Calvin has put super glue onto a saddle to survive a practice joust earlier. I thought he was going to do that again here, which would have enabled him to survive a couple of joust shots because he literally cannot be unhorsed. No, nope. film just, just forgets about it. They give him an easy pass, just like, well, you're not the guy who entered the tournament. You're not the guy who's won this far. But I guess you're representing him, so but then, you win. But then when Belasco sees him, he runs over and rips him down off the horse anyway and starts trying to kill him again, so... Yeah, and nearly succeeds. But lo and behold, the, uh, the peasant savior, the Black Knight, rides in, who we haven't mentioned yet. And in a very obvious reveal, uh, <laughs> the Black Knight, who has done a lot for Calvin and the King and also for the peasants of the... This country is revealed to be the eldest daughter of the king. You know, for a long time, I actually thought it was Daniel Craig. Yeah, so the weird thing about this, and we, we've learned about the film that the Black Knight is good, and that was a revelation for Calvin, but at the beginning Nobody of the film... Nobody that wears black is ever the good guy, Carl. Right. But <laughs> beginning of the film, Belasco mentions that the Black Knight is doing his job... And Belasco is using that to his advantage to progress his social status. So the implication is that they've been working together, or mm -hmm. at least that the, the Black Knight knows, uh, or is against the royal family, and that benefits Belasco. The thing about the Black Knight is, it turns out to be the elder sister. Isn't that a different movie? Yes. Um, and Who's in that one? Martin Lawrence. Thank you. Turns out the Black Knight is Princess Sarah, who Calvin defers to her the prize that he's somewhat won, and so now she gets to marry herself. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask earlier. It's very modern. We were talking modern. about how the, the, the guy gets to be king, ruler, because he marries the princess. So now if the princess ends up winning the thing, does that? and you were saying how the female doesn't get to be the monarch no, now. the female so now does that get means to be that the she monarch. is because she won. You can change the rules of succession. Mark, our point was the female gets to be the monarch. She's going to be queen no matter what. However, they need a ruling king or whatever. And so that's determined by a tournament because she can't find a suitor. And there'd be no reason to have a tournament if she had chosen one of her previous suitors. And rules of succession are different, and you can change the rules of succession. The anyway, to Carl's thing, point, she gets to marry herself, so that's fun. Uh, the other have, thing... So I guess yeah. she doesn't have to marry Daniel Craig now that he got knocked out. Is revealing that Sarah Ruling is... queens can still have Prince Consort. The Black Knight. Kind of... I don't know how the beginning part of the movie makes sense anymore. Because Calvin falls into medieval England and falls onto the Black Knight. And the Black Knight was stealing money from the royal family. So Calvin falls on the Black Knight. Black Knight drops the chest full of coins. Calvin gives it over to the, the knights or whatever. It gets returned to the king. 
and that's how Calvin is endeared to the royal family. She's Robin Hood. Right. Right. Why would she need to dress up as the Black Knight if she is stealing money from her own family? So she doesn't get grounded. See, I think the peasants would recognize her maybe, and but I guess that, that wouldn't matter because then it would endear her to all of them. So I don't know if the peasants would recognize her because the, the armor she wears, it doesn't... It is traditional armor. It's not like video game armor where it's scantily clad or has the uh, the clear indications of where boobs go. It's a man's suit of armor. And so seeing a knight on a horse, I would accept that medieval peasants would accept, oh, that's a man because men are knights and women are. But you said you don't know why she has to dress up. So if she was not no, no. dressed up, they might I'm recognize saying, her. Why does she dress up to steal from herself? She can deliver the coin as Black Knight. Because if she gets caught taking it, her dad will be like, don't give that money to the peasants. You're in trouble. Go to your room, young lady. But do you, I, I wondered about that too, though, because he used to be a good king. So if his daughter just said, I'm doing this to give it to the people and because they're suffering, why, why wouldn't he just agree with that? Yes, yeah, so was Theoden before he was a grumpy old man, and he needed to be changed back into a nice old man, too, and so does King Arthur. But he but had, that was because uh, he was under Wormtongue. a spell or something. Yes, his name was Wormtongue. I can never I can never remember between that and Harry Potter, which is which, because there's Wormtail and Wormtongue. Uh, but he's just, he's a grumpy old man who doesn't know, well, I'm not a mean king, but I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a nice throw coins at the poor king anymore. Don't do that either. That's weird. Um, well, you right, don't throw coins at the poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you loft them so they have more momentum coming down. I mean, sometimes they do do that and things. They just go, whoo. All right. So we've gotten to the end of this film. I've lost my mind. Sarah to gets to marry herself. Uh, she chooses Daniel Craig to be the king. And uh, the king offers Calvin anything he wants, including like a dukedom or a place in the royal table, a court being. He's already a knight. It's called a duchy. All right. All right. Dukedom is I don't. I don't know the term. I'm not part of a royal family. It's a duchy. All right. I thought dukedom, people get the idea. Because <laughs> it's not a kingdom, it's a dukedom. A dukedom, a kingdom, a principality, a duchy. Sure, a county. <laughs> Anywho, uh, and all Calvin wants is to go back home. And so he falls down another hole in Merlin's well and wakes up in his body before he struck out earlier in the film. Now he gets to play baseball again. Not afraid of the ball, hits a home run, and as he's coming into home plate, who should be waiting for him when he scores the winning run but Katie? The princess is there, and he looks at the stands, and King Arthur is there, as an old man whittling. Is this another 90s trope of, I fell asleep and dreamed this whole thing about people that I saw around me, and now suddenly I'm confident enough to win a baseball game? I don't know. I think that's like... The presence of Katie and the king suggests that it was real. And they followed him to Reseda because Katie wanted to see it. The king wanted to retire anyways. Is that better or worse? I don't know. Though I did want to have this discussion because the film just ends here. And doesn't talk about like the long-term effects 
of medieval people coming into modern society. Well, also abandoning his other daughter and new son-in-law for this guy. Hey, they got to rule like a kingdom. A yeah, but also it's like any future grandchildren don't care about them. Don't need to meet him. I definitely have to hang out with this guy I've known for a week and follow him to another dimension. Well, he has to start a skate shop so that I he can teach Bombay. I think it was Bombay. another dimension. But I did find okay, it time that, portal. that, that sure. when they come to the future, they are in future clothes. They didn't, they didn't they appear here in their medieval clothes. They mugged a guy. I think Merlin maybe got them there a little early. So they could learn they some things and get modern clothing and fit in. I also think, like, well, they had to bring money, right? They got there early enough that Katie could get into the baseball team somehow. True. And, now, like, Calvin has no recollection of her ever being right. on the team. And the okay. other thing is, when he steps up to bat, he remembers King Arthur's words about a hero doesn't have to have a sword, blah 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 This is one baseball game. We don't even know if it's, like, a championship or anything, but now he's the hero because he hits a home run in one game out of however many of the season. So apparently that makes him the big hero. I did think it was cool that the bat was called Excalibur for some reason. Maybe that was a brand name guys, now. But <laughs> Guys, here's what happened. They got there early, they mugged some people, took their clothes, they had a bunch of antiques they brought with them. They found Antiques Roadshow, they sold all this stuff, got a ton of money, they're now set for life, and then they found the baseball game. So Sarah, if they brought antiques with them... They wouldn't be antiques, right? They the antiques hadn't aged, and so they they wouldn't be regarded as authentic. Why wouldn't they have just brought money if they were a royal family? Right. I think maybe they brought a <laughs> box of gold because gold would be still worth something. Anywho, I question the future of Katie and Calvin's relationship because it was a relationship predicated on. Katie knows the society that Calvin is new to, and Calvin knows modern knowledge to solve problems uh, because he knows a thing or two because he lived in the future. Katie coming to his world, Calvin has to explain everything to her. I mean, if we it's learned just... anything from Keanu Reeves, relationships based on intense experiences never last. True. Speed. <laughs> she won. Yeah, wasn't in speed too. Hmm. Is this kind of just a condensed... Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court? Yes. No. Different time <laughs> period fill of the future. <laughs> Wait. That, well, yeah, I guess. Fill I guess, future, yeah. Fill of the future. Yeah. Of course, he came with this whole I what you're family. talking about, so I have no, no say in that conversation. You've never seen fill of the future? It's fine. I have never heard of this. <gasps> it's fine. He's a 20 century man Fine. you you say this as if you're surprised that you have seen something that i've never hold heard on of. it was a disney channel show i'm pretty sure i never yes. watched disney channel shows you have those disney are all plus dumb. it's available i could, you could watch, watch it, it then, right but now. i never watched yeah. them before because disney channel shows are dumb you're not wrong <laughs> a lot of them are dumb some of them are also fun Phineas and Ferb was a good show. Yeah, Kim Possible was great. The, the creators good. of Phil of the Future on TikTok, and they are fantastic. And the one guy does the Doofenshmirtz voice all the time, and he is fantastic. Also, 
getting back to this film, because we need to end it eventually. <laughs> the king retiring in modern day means that he's not going to be regarded as a king. He's lived his life as a royal in medieval times, which is like the 1% of that day. He's not going to have that when he comes to the future. But if we're going with the once and future king aspect, he was just a normal dude who hang, hung out in a barn for quite a while and licked dog. Maybe that will make him more happy to be if a stable boy again. If you read the first couple again. chapters of a once and future king, that would make sense. Sure. It just, the film presents this as the perfect solution where Calvin can now date Katie because Katie and her father have come to the future. There's so many problems with that. Why not just get Merlin to send his whole family back in time with him, and then he can be with his family? Because medieval England doesn't have tacos, and Southern California does. Hey, he invented Del the tacos? burger for them. He could invent the taco. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, oh, Sarah, the only difference between a burger and a taco is seasoning and the tortilla. Because it's just, it's ground beef, lettuce, tomato. Do not have the spices to make the salsa. and the, It's not going to work. All right. I, I don't think medieval England has the cilantro. Does Del Taco oh, have burgers? The worst. Maybe he just made Del Taco. No, Del Taco doesn't have burgers. Del Taco has tacos. But it has something. Fries? The other thing it has, yes, still... it has crinkle cut fries. It has weird things that you don't picture going no, it with It just tacos. has french fries. It just has french <laughs> the fries. The other thing this film doesn't address is <laughs> Calvin fries. left his modern technology... In medieval England. And apparently this had zero effect on the world. Given England aluminum alloy decades before, it, or decades, maybe centuries before it would get it. They now have, like, the ability to make roller skates and bicycles. I assume that Blacksmith's going to keep selling them to all the peasants. And now, now that he knows how, he can get fact. rich. Also, he leaves the king with a Swiss army knife. But now the king is in the future, so that doesn't matter. Oh, that's fair. Maybe he was whittling with the Swiss Army knife. I I said the same thing, though. It's one of these... I mean, it's not the only one, but the time travel movie where you go back in time and do a bunch of stuff that the people then shouldn't know, and it affects nothing. Not... Well, Camelot is a fictional country. Yes, but Calvin fell into that fiction. <laughs> Maybe it is an alternate reality. Maybe Reseda is a fictional world, too. I've never been there. No, no, Reseda does exist. Okay. Again, it's above LA. You told me the population. Remember, earlier, it's floating sure. in the sky it's above LA. It's a suburb LA. in the sky. Uh, a sky burb. That's what all that smog is hiding. Well, <laughs> not doing any other things. Currently, it's just smoke. Well. It's fire season. On that note, let's go on to games. first game is the pitch game a game in which we put together two or more properties in the form it's this meets this to tell our listener what this film is in terms of other things so mark why don't you start us off i am surprised uh telling our listeners what a kid in king arthur's court is in terms of other things well a kid is a baby goat right uh i 
I'm going to start with these because I know that they're going to be stolen if I don't. So, it is a movie where a respected member of the royal hierarchy hatches a scheme to marry the king's daughter and become the new ruler of the land, but his plans are thwarted by a young nobody. And a modern take on the Middle Ages, including sword fights, jousting, and an apprentice taking over his teacher's place when the teacher gets injured, and wins a tournament for the good guys. Oh, interesting. Uh, I think I know both of them. Sarah, do you want to tell us? <laughs> nope. Boo! Really? Because you mentioned one earlier. She mentioned both of them earlier, actually. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I believe this is Aladdin meets a Knight's Tale. Correct! Technically, uh, in the first one, he doesn't become a knight because his teacher gets injured. He dies. Well, that yes, but that is a type of injury, I guess. <laughs> death <laughs> Death is also a symptom of an injury. That's, That's the first thing that true. happens in that movie. Is yes. they're like, what's going on with the knight? He's dead. <laughs> That's my my adaptation of Th the Those are the exact words that come out of their mouths. So you're going to find a, a running theme through all of my pitch games here. Uh-oh. Starting off with my first one here. A story of a guy from modern day traveling back in time to the land of King Arthur, where he is captured by knights, ridiculed for his strange clothing, and challenged to several duels to the death, but continually overcomes challenges using his knowledge of modern technology. Meets. A film starring Thomas Ian Nichols, where he starts as an unskilled baseball player who becomes an adequate baseball player by the end of the film, constantly wearing a baseball uniform and using tricks to win important competitions. Is it the Black Knight? Nope. Because huh. isn't that the plot of the Black Knight? Does he go back in time? Yes. Okay. I haven't seen that movie. Uh, well, it's Rookie of the Year for the second one. Rookie of the yes, Year is correct. That's true. The first one is that one you've been talking about through the whole episode that I've Correct. never seen. Yes, yes, yes. Or heard of. What, a uh, just a Connecticut Yankee? Yes, King that one. Absolutely. It is, yes. Is I it use, literally just the reference yes, to this for the I movie? I used the thing it's based on, and I combined it with a Tom, Thomas Ian Nichols film. That's you what this film used, is. You just did the Mark Twain book. No, this film is the Mark Twain book and... Thomas Ian Nichols playing baseball as a child. I hate this. <laughs> I mean, it's that is what it is. I mean, yes, but I also still hate it. Fair. Did Sarah have anything yet? Uh, let's see. <laughs> this is a medieval movie with que questionable historical accuracy okay. and even more questionable accents. Me, a... 90s sports movie about baseball uh, that I don't remember the plot to until I rewatched it. All right. Um, okay. God, that could be two things. Mark, do you want to take a stab at it? I think I know. Uh, I have a pretty good guess on both of them. Is is the second one Field of Dreams or no. Angels in the Outfield? I can never forget outfield. the plot. <laughs> No, although... Wait, you can never forget the plot? I can never forget a plot of Field of Dreams because my sister loves that movie. I don't know why. Uh, what, Sarah, was this A Knight's Tale meets The Sandlot? It is The Sandlot, it uh, is not A Knight's Tale. It's not A Knight's Tale. No, that seemed too obvious since I just used it. It is more serious 
Is it the first night one that you said it earlier? It is the first night! <laughs> first night. Oh, it was uh, either Robin that Hood or a is, Once in Future King. Uh, yeah. That is the whole book series. The only book based, I think, I, uh, Sword in the Stone is based off that book series. I don't know if any other is directly based off of that. Uh, but first night, Robin Hood Men in Tights specifically makes fun of their terrible accents in when uh, uh, oh, Carrie yeah. always says something I about... Because I can speak with an English accent. Mm. <laughs> well, well, well. And I'm pretty sure that's just because of First Night because um, I, Richard Gere... Or, or is it because of... Um, not because of that. It's it's because of the the Robin Hood... Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. Uh, Kevin Costner. But all of those have terrible accents. Yeah. So bad. All right, Mark, your second one. Time-traveling teenager meets many historical figures and despite introducing them to modern technology, including bubblegum, does not appear to alter history in any way. Meets a movie set in medieval times with a magical character who communicates using pools of water. A young child eventually defeats the great evil in the land and wins the heart of a princess in the process. The Black Cauldron. Correct. Ooh, nice. The first one's Bill and Ted's. Excellent adventure. Correct. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Why are yes, you so surprised, yes. Sarah? I figured you would know that one over Carl knowing oh, it. I've I'm surprised that Hulk. you are surprised. I've only seen the movie once. I've read the book series like ten times. I'm just surprised anyone else would ever reference the Black Cauldron. Do you know me? <laughs> uh, that book series is one of my favorite book series in the whole world and it makes me cry. Uh, so my next one here. A film where a modern man mistakenly falls into medieval England because of some powerful magic, featuring a man wearing armor that is not his own, the entire adventure possibly being a dream, and a folk hero knight who wears dark armor. And a film starring a young Daniel Craig, featuring people from modern day visiting ancient stone structures with secret passageways, and a bit of time travel. I literally can't think of anything Daniel Craig did before. Was he in that weird balloon movie? I'll look that up later because you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. It's, it's Do you based mean on a book. Up? No, no. It's... <laughs> Do you mean, uh, was it something Munchausen? I think he has a balloon. No, it's like Enduring Love. Okay. Sarah, you might know the first one. You might have guessed the first one a lot already. Uh, Black Knight. It is Black Knight, starring Martin Lawrence. <laughs> I was gonna... I was gonna say Kate and Leopold. Nope. That's the opposite way around. All right. Let's see. I'll give you hints on the second one. So, like in this movie, Daniel Craig is very forgettable, though does play a major role in this film. Daniel Craig did things before James Bond. Yes. James Bond. Before James Bond. Before Yellow Cake. The movie I was thinking of wasn't during love. It does involve a hot air balloon, and it involves Daniel Craig getting stalked by Reese Afons. Ephons? So the uh, the ancient stone structures think temples more than castles. So temples with secret passageways, and the big the biggest hint it's based on a video game. Was he oh, in a was he in Tomb um, Raider? Was he in Tomb Raider? He was in Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Correct. One of the old ones. He was a uh, a. Com- Competitive archaeologist to Laura Croft who joins the bad yeah. team and dies because of it. He's kind of the love interest to Laura Croft. 
In which one? The first one. The first, the first one. one? I kind yes. of remember that. Now and the that bit of time travel is when they assemble the little triangle thing and Laura goes back, Lara, goes back Who's and, Laura? <laughs> and Lara. saves Daniel Craig instead of saving her father. Was there two Angelina Jolie There ones? was two. Uh, but that was... And then there's one with the Dutch-Danish person. Danish? Black Knight meets Laura Croft Tomb Raider. <laughs> Laura Croft. Lara, Lara Croft, Tom Rider. Um, Lara Croft, Tom Rider. Anyway, Sarah, did you come up with another one? Or are we going back to Mark? I've run out of medieval things. Alrighty. Mark? 1990s movie starring Thomas Nichols as a nervous child who gains confidence after becoming the youngest player to play professional baseball. <laughs> okay. Meets... A coming-of-age Disney film about a child who falls through a hole in the earth where the kid meets royalty and defeats evil to save the land and eventually returns home with restored confidence. Ooh. I think that first one's a tough one. Really? Yeah. I thought the second yeah. one was tough. Well, I think it's Rookie of the Year. Hmm? What's up? Rookie what? of the Year. Oh, yes, the first one. I thought you were... <laughs> I, I honestly didn't hear you, and I thought you had given the answer to the second one. But yes, no! I agree. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, the second one sounds really familiar, and I'm gonna feel. I feel like I'm gonna feel really stupid. Sure. So they go. Also they go fall. through a time portal to medieval times. No, they just also fall through a hole in the earth and meet royalty. Meet royalty. Uh, it's another Alice in Wonderland. Correct. Yeah, nice. I told I you I was gonna, gonna feel really stupid. I was gonna stupid. say it's another one that could possibly have just been a dream the whole time. But it's another one that is a favorite of Sarah's. Oh boy. That she forgot about. All right. <laughs> I got it very quickly. Closing up this game with my last one. You can learn a lot of things from the flower. Since this is a film where a modern man travels back in time to the Middle Ages, saves the life of a royal lady using secret entrances, and manages to make it back home unscathed, but leaving several pieces of modern technology behind. Meets a film starring Art Malik as an underhanded bad guy with a covert plan to gain power, which leads to kidnapping a powerful man's daughter, and fails when the man manages to save his daughter and fire Malik. I know literally. Um, I that is that one movie. Okay. Uh, I mentioned a Schwarzenegger pun earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. True yeah, yeah. lies. True lies. The Schwarzenegger pun is you're fired. Yep. Uh, you know what I remember about... Is that the one where he jumps out of the building onto the helicopter? Yep. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then Wait, he no. shoots the guy off he of the... He pilots a, a fighter He pilots jet. a plane and shoots the helicopter through the building. Oh, yes. That's what it is. That's... So the guy's hanging on the missile, the yeah. bad guy. He fires the missile, which kills the guy on the missile and the helicopter. I have not seen enough Schwarzenegger movies, apparently. Uh, but the first one here, um, I don't know. It's another one with people going back to medieval times or middle ages, I said, because it's technically France and not England. So it is, I don't know if it was super well known. So I'll tell you. This that, isn't the really terrible. So this one stars Paul Walker. Ooh. Fast and the Furious back in time. It's not that. <laughs> Tammy and the T-Rex. Nope. Let's see if it's I can name anyone else in this film. Was he in Tammy and the T-Rex? Wasn't he the T-Rex? I don't know what that is. 
Sarah knows too many random obscure shows and yeah. movies. Yeah, Paul Walker was in Tammy and the T-Rex. He played the T-Rex. Okay. It was he and Mindy. So let's see. I'm just going to go down the, the cast list here. So it stars Gerard Butler, Paul, Paul, oh, Paul Walker. Oh, 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 oh. 300. It was a, a king's something. Ooh, no. Um, it was, I, it's that terrible, terrible one they play on the sci-fi channel. Yes, absolutely. It is Ooh. definitely that. That sounds like something I need to watch. So. I've sadly watched part of this movie. So if you were trying to draw a graph it, of history, what it, would you call it? Timeline. It's called Timeline. Correct. It's Timeline. So that was Timeline uh, meets the other one I picked, which I've already forgotten. Uh, it was <laughs> Timeline meets True Lies. There we go. Sci-fi would play it at the same time as they did, like, the D&D movie. Mm, and the one I was God. thinking of, the, like, King Saga or whatever, they would play all of those at the same right. time. I love that D&D movie. Or, like, a King's, a King's Story or whatever that yeah. stupid one is. All right. All those, like, really generic fantasy movies. All right. Let's go on to our second game, which is alternate taglines, a word or phrase you would see in the movie poster for this film, which accurately describes the theme, though possibly misses the point. Uh, so I'm going to start us off here. Oh, Sarah, prepare to groan, because there's plenty to groan about here. Oh, no. Yep. Sorry. Starting us off, telling our audience what the theme of A Kid in King Arthur's Court is. So, mine is A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Now is the winter of Camelot's discontent, made glorious summer by the son of Reseda. I don't hear any groaning. I didn't say it was good, she just made a face. There, there it, it is. is. Mark, what is your first and only one? I had to alter it because of things we discussed. <clears throat> A kid in King Arthur's court. The disc man is mightier than the sword. Ha <laughs> ha! Not a Walkman. <laughs> that, oddly enough, plays into my second one, which is a kid in King Arthur's court. Confidence is mightier than the sword. In the uh, stone. Boo. Yes, I imagine that going on the movie poster with just having ellipsis after the sword and in the stone yeah. following it up later. Anyway. Uh, my final one here before we get on to our third game is A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Some heroes are born great. Others mistakenly fall down a hole. That's not as groany uh, as the first one. The movie I was trying to think of was In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale. Oh my Ooh. gosh, that's so wordy. Cut it down. It was directed by Uwe Boll. Oh no. It starred Uwe, Jason Statham. No. Let's go on to our third game, which is the TV Guide game. A description of the plot of the film that you may see in a TV Guide or Netflix description, which is technically accurate, but may miss the point. So, Mark, you are going to start us off telling our listeners what the plot of A Kid in King Arthur's Court is. God, I'm forgetting the title, even though I said it a bunch of times already. <clears throat> when a once popular king falls out of favor with his subordinates, he allows a teenager to make all of his important decisions. Pretty accurate. My first one, a negligent father who's been coasting since his wife's death finally gets off his ass to help his daughters when a stranger drops into town. <laughs> oh, Sarah is giving me the, um, oh, the poetry slam clap. It snaps. I'm giving you snaps. Yeah, but snaps. that's how you, that's how you applaud. Yeah. Why? What? Why are you showing us your phone? <laughs> oh, he's reflecting light for the cat. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> is she gonna fall off the castle? Oh no! Castle? Yes, because you're shining lights in your cat's eyes. Oh, I get it. All right, Mark. I made a reference. Boo. <clears throat> when Calvin is transported through time and lands in the Middle Ages, the young ball player falls in love with a princess who is out of his league. There it is. There it is. <laughs> it's the worst pun yet. Um, my last one here. It's not one of that I'm as proud of as some others, but it works. Are you proud of all of them? <laughs> all right, my no. last one here. A man's decade-long plans for marriage and advancement in his career are ruined by a child with no understanding of what it means to lose these things as an adult. Anywho. Uh, but I mean, he was there to save the guy's life, right? Or right, are you right. talking about... I'm talking about... Tabasco. Elastro. <laughs> Billy Basco? Yes. Oh, do we want to get to all of my weird names? Because a lot of yes. them are bad. Yes, please. Here we go. So to entertain myself while watching the film, I just, every time he was in a scene, I kind of, I tried to come up with a different name for him. So we've got Lord Belvita, uh, Lord Texaco, Lord Vellum, Lord Velcro, Lord Velma, Lord Vespa, Lord Belair, Lord Belichick, and Lord Bertoli. <laughs> that one I like. Uh, let's go on to reviews, starting, of course, with our infamous potato scale, telling our listeners uh, what they can expect to feel while watching this film in terms of our relationships with potatoes. So, one of you needs to start, because I have not prepared this. What a surprise. Uh, I know. I feel itchy. Well, that's not what is I there asked. Is there an itchy potato? Okay, well... I wrote down some things. All right, then you should go first. All right. So I remember liking this movie when I saw it as a kid. And I think, you know, we discussed our favorite parts of the movie. And it had some okay good parts that were kind of get you into the story, maybe. But overall, obviously, you can tell I don't think we were very impressed with it. <laughs> and... It had many more bad scenes that we could make fun of than it had good scenes to talk about. So I put down potato skins, which meant not enough there, because it does have some moments, but overall very disappointing. I also put tater tots, because I remember as a kid I liked it, and I think children, possibly around Calvin's age, maybe younger than him, might get into it and enjoy, you know, not think about it as much as we do about him bringing modern stuff into old times and all of that part of it. They might get into the actual story, whatever, what story is there, and be excited about Calvin beating the bad guy and winning in the end and, and all that. So I had potato skin tater tots. Ooh, very nice. All right. I've decided my potatoes. Uh, so I'm going to agree on, um, well, I was going to agree. I'm changing my mind. The other one we have that is similar to potato skins is potato chips, which is, it's light, it's like a snack, but there's no substance. And this film is banking heavily on your familiarity with Arthurian legend, which a lot of films have been made, a lot of properties are based on that. They were pretty safe in that. But, like, this film doesn't add anything to it. He goes back and meets King Arthur. It's King Arthur late in life. It's fine. The movie's fine. And it's light. It's not going to hit you with any tough emotions. It's kind of just a kid's film. 
And that's fine. The other thing is, I was almost going to give it a tater tots, like you, because I do think it would appeal to children. But I don't think it would appeal to, like, modern day children. And in that regard, I think it is uh, potatoes with eyes. It is spoiled with age in that I think the target demographic that this film was made for doesn't exist anymore. Because the children it was made for have grown up. The children who would watch it now would be like, what is that CD disc player? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, like, <laughs> it, even though he is going back to an ancient time he's bringing modern devices of the day and i don't think a child would know those things yeah i think i'm just gonna give it two this time uh in that it's a uh potato chips made out of potatoes with eyes and i'm Uh, glad you said that because i actually had potato chips written earlier and then i changed it haha Oh, I think I'm going to agree with Carl on both of those. I remember this, I said earlier, this was a movie I saw on either, like, it was a weekend movie that Disney pulled out when they were just throwing random movies they had on Saturday afternoon, or it was, like, the Sunday night, like, ABC family movie. And it felt very much like that kind of movie. It was a movie you watched on TV when they just had, like, the movie night thing. It wasn't a movie you were waiting to go see in theater or you you really looked forward to. It was kind of one you just stumbled upon because ABC had their every Sunday night, they pulled out one of their old movies and you watched it. Um, and it feels like that. It's not a great movie, but it's how I saw a lot of these Disney movies that were kind of like second tier, third tier Disney movies. Um, and, and they're good enough for that. They're good enough for a Sunday night, Saturday afternoon when you're half awake and you just want something to kind of vibe with and not think too much. And that's good. That's what, that's what the plain potato chips are for. You don't eat a whole lot of them by themselves without dip, but they're good enough if you just want something to, to have a little salty goodness. And this was, that's what this is. Just a little salty goodness to hold you over for a little bit. There you go. But yeah, but you're right in the fact that it's, it's kind of not old enough that the technology being the 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 modern futuristic technology is funny but it's not new enough anymore that like it it's current and makes sense but like in maybe 10 20 years it'll be old enough that you're like this is a vintage movie and it's it's interesting to look at but it's in that weird middle space where it's no it's not current or an old enough movie that you can look at the like outdated technology and be like it's not really anything yet it's just old (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get that yeah all right moving on to our second review scale which is a rewatchability scale from zero to ten telling our listeners should they go back and watch this film um i was looking through my thing and kind of i put this in the same realm as Kind of around It Takes Two and maybe a little below like Heavyweights, which puts it at about a 6.5. Okay. So there you go. Interesting. Not as good as Mary-Kate and Ashley, but almost. <laughs> I, I'm I'm de- debating, you know, oftentimes I write down a number and then I compare it to my own list and then when we talk I start to think about it more in depth and try to start to change my mind. I had this as a below average actually and I would agree with most of what you guys were saying especially like Sarah said if you're just 
chilling out on a weekend and have nothing to do and you just want to put it on TV and let it play and not think about anything, it's a perfect movie for that. Um, but if you're watching it for, like, entertainment value, it's probably not very good. Uh, <laughs> it may not get uh, what you're I looking for. I have Baby for. Secret so, of the Lost Legend at 5.5. It has to be better than that. Oh, man. Ooh, interesting. Wow. Maybe you put my, that too my, high. <laughs> uh, baby might be the new man of the house on my score list. Uh, so I, well, this, cause I'm looking at my scores and my original thought for this was like a four and a half, which put it just below heavyweights, which is, I think is what you said. But I was looking at some other things that I would have put it higher than, and I, I bumped it up to a 4.75 because I have Mac and me at 4.7, and this is definitely better than that. So. Uh, except <laughs> so. for that one scene where the kid falls off the cliff. That scene is art. So I, I bumped it to a 4.75. I have other stuff that's right at a 5, which I would probably prefer over this one. So I think I'm just going to keep it there and put 4.75. Yeah, so... I also had a number in mind for this, and then I went back and reviewed the scale, and there's probably some that I'm... I... It doesn't fit with the other movies that I gave this value to, and normally that inspires me to change it up and down, but I think I'm going to leave it where I put it, because to me, this film was fine. It's not bad. It's not good. It's not something I would recommend. It's not something that's offensive. It's just fine. And for me, a fine movie that isn't offensive is going to go dead center in my scale. So I'm giving it a five. If ABC decides to bring back Sunday night movies and plays this, you could probably stick around and watch it. Yes. I mean, the average for the three of us puts that still like, dead center and a right, five, right? Yeah, right above and a five. The, which oh is yeah, off. with your seven five, you started at four point five. It'll which be is, slightly I mean, above. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's kind of what, like based on my other things that I have at a five. I could see it going anywhere between like a four and a half to a six. <laughs> we also so, know my so scale is in there insane. Is good. Right? Yeah. I know, your man of the house we had to fix during one of our anniversary things. It was a problem. I've said this many times, but I told you that while we were recording the man of the house episode. Uh, anywho. Maybe it's because I fell asleep while watching that movie. That was the thing. I think you, I think you did give it a five because you watched it in sections. And if you break that movie up, it's fine. But if you have to watch all two hours of it in one sitting, it's awful. Anywho. Uh -huh. I'm trying to remember where I have that. I guess Man of the House for me was 3.75. Yeah, so that sounds great. better. All right. Sarah, can you tell our listeners where they can find us online should they choose to do so? Uh, you can find our website at retrograding.fireside.fm. You can find us at Facebook at Retrograding Podcast. Our music is done by Dominique Barnes. Who continues to be great. So that is going to bring us to our final segment, which is, guys, I learned something today. A lesson from the film people can take home and mull over in the coming months until we release our next episode. And I often don't prepare this, uh, but I think... Often? Sometimes I have. Uh, but yes, I would say often, but not every time. I don't have this prepared. But 
Based on something Sarah shared with the group, I think I have a fairly good lesson for our listeners. So, to finish us off for this episode, it's, guys, I learned something today. Don't eat tomatoes, they'll kill you. (laughs) So that's going to end this episode of Retrograding. We will catch you guys next time. in five minutes google's trying to tell me this is what all right we good oh it's a picture of a dog (laughs) katie is there these the younger carl died Oh no! You I died. heard you, you said when he goes and trains with James Bond, and then you were and then just like, <laughs> "Okay," but you can still hear me. This is no. probably the problem with Facebook. All I heard was you. He went to train with James Bond, and then nothing. All right. So when he goes to train with James Bond, Katie is there. So Sarah, I know we can hear you. Can you hear us? You didn't respond to anything we've said so far. Which one? <laughs> I asked, are we them. good? And you said, ooh, a picture of a dog. And I know you were talking to yourself and not to me. Are you sure? Anyway, Carl, remember there was the one time that you froze and we told you about it? And yeah. that probably happened two or three more times. So I'm hoping that Audacity actually it. picked it up and you still said something. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. probably just Facebook that froze, but we have no idea what you said. So. Oh, great. We don't know what you said. Great, great, great. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, I clicked on the TikTok window and it started playing in my ear holes. <laughs> Whoa.